B, C, A, 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 Welcome everybody to the Uppy and the Stash Show. Tonight, Uppy will not be joining us. Uh, unfortunately, Uppy had some prior engagements he had to attend to, so that uh, he's attending that, of course. Um, but we wanted to bring some something new, something exciting, something cool. Bring on a really young guy onto the show, some young guy. Um, and he's not Chinese, so don't worry about it. Uh, so he's not offended by that. <clears throat> but uh, we'd like to bring on our friend, our guest, Glory Hold Joe. How are you doing tonight, Joe? I'm doing good. How I'm doing you? well, man. So uh, question of the night that we've always asked our guests. This is um, actually uh, Joe's first time uh, ever doing a podcast. And uh, so um, be gentle to him in the ratings and the reviews. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be too harsh on him. We've all had our first experiences. So I'm glad that I'm uh, getting to pop his cherry tonight. And it's, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> More ways than Yeah, more. yeah, you know. Um <laughs> Uh, just a little, just a quick little background. Uh, I I know Joe because we uh, we do, um, I guess, make money together. You can say that. <laughs> yeah, you can, can say, say that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say how we make money, but we make money. All right. How do you think I got this we nice just, watch? You know. We service a lot. Yes, of men. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> construction men with hairy chests. <laughs> so, well, welcome to the show, Joe. Uh, first question of the night is, what are you drinking? Well, I usually don't drink in my house. All I have is like a shitty bottle of brandy. Uh, brandy, you're a fine girl. Are you going to do it straight like that? Yeah. Huh? I don't feel like getting ice. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a nice little hangover in the morning, but your young liver, <laughs> your, your lung, liver, and kidneys should be able to process that. Your ATP should be uh, working very well. So, okay, so we always ask the same question to all our guests who are new to the show, and that is, when you're dead and gone, and at your tombstone, people were able to hook their uh, um, headphones to your heads, to your tombstone and listen to three songs, what three songs would you play on your MP3 tombstone? Uh, it'd probably only be one, and it would be the song called Ram Ranch. And who, why? Uh, why you'd have to listen to it once and you'd understand instantly which i do not recommend playing that on air not because of copyright ram ranch is it um provocative uh, the most provocative song is ever. it political uh, <laughs> in a sense but why? But why that song out of like? Because that's remember that's one thing they're gonna know you by. That is your death song, and you're gonna go by Ram Ranch. If anyone knew me in life, they would know exactly why the song is so important to me. I, let me read you a couple. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <clears throat> Eighteen naked cowboys in the shower at Ram Ranch. Big hard throbbing cocks wanting to be sucked. Eighteen naked cowboys wanting to be fucked. I mean, it's poetry. <laughs> 
<laughs> is this a six minute and 50 second song by Grant McDonald? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this will be our outro for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This will be our <laughs> outro song when this is all done and edited. Um, enjoy the outro tonight. Um, I had I had no way of choosing that. I just let that one roll for tonight. All right. So, well, um, maybe after this session, people will get to know the true glory hole, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> With your song. <laughs> so what's new, man? What's what's going on in this world today? Would you have any updates on the news or anything? Uh, I've been listening to the news too, like recently. But last thing I heard was about the Brexit deal. And what's going on with that? I know um, that uh, they're trying to get out of. So I know they're trying to get out of the European Union, which has been a big, big headache for them because it's all intertwined and there's a lot of. Uh, contracts and you know the, the the world is just pieced together that way for them what's what's the latest well so the prime minister um, I, his name slips my mind right now he finally was able to get a deal and he basically told parliament we have three days to pass this or you know, threatening what he's always been threatening no deal and Parliament said, uh, "Shove it." <laughs> so, so there are there are um, key things that they want to be that that Parliament wants to be seen to be done right before they exit. Like it's kind of like a divorce, right? They're 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 trying to figure out who gets what. And Brexit and exit. I mean, uh, Britain just wants a clean exit. They they don't want a deal. They just want their own shit back, and you know, and to be left alone is what basically what's going on. Am I correct? Uh, so far, I really only skimmed the story, but that was the last thing I heard. Oh, good. You know what? Um, I think I, I think in our um, in our money making activities, we've had this conversation um, about people choosing and and uh, you know having sovereignty over their um, you know right to choose. And so, I don't. Um, I, I, I have like a 1% of feeling bad and then 99% of not feeling bad because this is what happens when you listen to politicians that try to dupe you into doing something that you feels like, like, should I just jump off this bridge or not jump off it, you know? And so that's kind of when I feel like where they're at, this whole thing. I mean, I would totally be cool with like Corbin getting egg on his face and then some if parliament was willing to work with him but they've been fighting him literally every single step of the way and they won't even let him call another general election to see if this is what the people really want and that's my only gripe the fact that they won't call a general election yeah well here's 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 also like a, a the thing with like uh these politicians who want to exit these deals whatever right they 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 make people believe that um our life's going to be so much better if we get away from this one evil thing it's not it's not the politicians that are going to hurt because they're still going to make money they're still going to be financially stable it's those those people who live every day that's the common man that ends up getting hurt out of these deals because their lives are affected by these trade deals because Without markets, goods don't sell, and without demand, you know, nobody. There's no money to move around, and if there's no demand, then you're going to get inflation, and boom, there you are. 
you're stuck in this situation where these politicians have told you this would be a good thing and now you got a shitty ass economy and your money's worthless because nobody wants to deal with you. That would be a fair point if there wasn't all these other politicians obviously benefiting from a unified European Union. I mean, you really think that all these politicians that are fighting Brexit are doing out of like pure altruism? Yeah. They have they have skin in the game. Yeah, everybody does. At this point everybody does, right? I mean, sure, sure, but don't make it sound like they're like defenders of the common man. They're they have money in it and they simply on a different side of the investment coin. Yeah. True, but but what what's uh what what party is saying more than anybody, hey, look, this is really going to hurt. I mean, actually, I should ask, has there been anybody in any of the parties that say, hey, listen, if we do this or we stay in, um, you know, who who benefits, who, who gets hurt? Um, because Cameron, the former uh, prime minister, was on NPR the other day giving an interview, um, and he said that his position was always that to remain um, but to remain with some um, fixes that that there were some things that they wanted to, to see uh, done, and he didn't quite go into detail or either that or I changed it to listen to something else, um, and that he was okay <laughs> with staying, but he he just wanted to see some fixes, and I guess maybe you're right. Maybe they should go back to a vote and say, hey, we want to stay in. Fuck these guys that said you know that lied to us. How can we fix this? You know because that's really what it's going to take. What MOUs are going to have to be signed and drafted, you know, to fix this whole situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's no one, like, at least that's mildly informed about Brexit that isn't, like, aware that Britain's just going to be hurt initially. But I think the hope for, like, the most common people is that with the reduced tariffs and, like, basically subsidizing the poorer countries in the European Union, that they can foster a better economy at home. Which, whether that pans out or not, I don't know. I'm not an economist, but I think it's up to the people that they should have a right to choose. Because otherwise, you're looking down at them and saying, no, no, we know better. Yeah. 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 Self-determination. Let them self-explode. That's, <laughs> that's, how, I, that's how I see it. I mean, it's the only way they're going to learn it or else they're going to keep putting their hand in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, let them. Let let them do it. I um, like I said, <clears throat> I, I I would say what does it matter to me? But um, it does matter in a sense. Like um, everyday common guys like us are the ones that end up getting shitted on. You know, so there's there's some way or something or you know some some market that's going to crash because of it, and we're the ones that are going to be hurting. You know, not not the guys that are sitting in parliament with their thousand. $15,000 suits. So yeah, you know, but let's talk about something else because uh, what's really cool about uh, what's going on in the world is that uh, people are actually rising up and, um, and, yes, and, yes. you know, taking control. But I, I also want to make a point to, to point out that um, how the, how protests are covered um, matters, you know, because from Hong Kong to, to Chile to uh, Venezuela, um, the, how they cover those things um, really um, tells you uh, what the media's interests are, and the media's interests are capitalism, 
and just plain and simple. <laughs> and it's and it's not really for for the common man. It's for the system, for the economic system. So, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, the People's Republic of China is like a republic, all input name. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there there are there are a, a communist country with um, capitalist ideals, or or you know, so. Yeah, I completely agree. Like they've left the people far behind. <laughs> yeah, but they still take <laughs> the they, they still take they still have the largest economic growth. Um, uh, this this what is it called? The Silk Road Initiative had the largest economic growth um, out of a developed country. That we have not seen, you know, where everybody, all, where all the boats were rising at the same time. Um, you know, people were coming out of the countryside. They were moving into the cities. They were getting jobs. There was a large, there's a large growth of, um, um, what would you call, middle, middle class workers on, on the rise, you know. And so they haven't seen that in a long time. And now, now that we see it, that's one thing, though, that has to be acknowledged is that. Um, and although it may be a name, but I mean, there's no true 100 percent socialist. Well, besides Cuba, but if Cuba was back in the market and all those embargoes were lifted, um, they would be a big player like the way China is. Okay, I will agree that the average standard of living in China has raised, but it's still a shithole over there, I mean, for lack of a better word. They have literal safety nets on their, like, factories to stop people from committing suicide. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it from that from that standpoint, but that's because we buy all their shitty-ass products. Oh, I definitely agree that we contributed to this problem. I mean, the American consumer wanted cheap, disposable items, and China was more than happy to supply that. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And we were willing we were willing to buy it. But, like, I always hear, like, I always hear, uh, you know, I, I always, like, want to really know, because um, I'm no economist, thank God, um, where... <laughs> Where this idea of, because I don't know if this idea really truly originated with us or this idea originated with people in the boardroom going, hey, I have an idea. Let's let's find the cheapest way to make this and then sell it to the American people and then make the American people say, hey, I want cheap stuff, you know, and then we'll pay them less because we're getting them cheap stuff. So then we don't have to pay them. 20 bucks an hour we can still pay them 725 an hour and uh we'll say well you're getting cheap stuff so why do you need a raise you know why do you need a higher standard of living i feel like there's something there there that i can't put together maybe we have to google and do a research project i, mean, I see what you're saying but like the more money that the common man has just the higher the growth is for everyone i mean when people have money, they spend it most of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do with money. I mean, besides besides you're saving it for your retirement, right, before putting it in that account. But that's what makes the economy go around. Like, the whole idea of rich people, um, you know, these rich people creating jobs. Rich people don't create jobs. Demand creates jobs. And those that create demand are those with money to spend, oh, right? Agree. And then that creates demand. And so... <laughs> So this whole idea 
I've heard this a couple of times where people go, well, if you raise the you raise the minimum wage, then, um, you know, then then you're going to price out the, the, the smaller guys, which um, we don't we don't have a free market capitalism. What we have is a, a very concentrated few that really can work out the system the way it does. There's not all these little um um, super small businesses moving into these, you know, um, um, markets that are like, oh, hey, yeah, we, we have innovation. N- not really, right? I mean, the telecom, the media, podcasting, whatever, those things are pretty much all bought up and used up. You know, groceries, are, they're all pretty much bought up and used up by large markets. And so when someone says, well, you're going to prevent this guy from from doing his business, I've heard the argument go, well, so you're telling me that if you have a demand for your product and the wages have been raised to $15 an hour, you're not going to fulfill that demand, but you're not going to make money. You're not going to, you're not going to find a way to sell your product to put it back on the market because, but people want it. It doesn't make sense. You know? Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, the really, in like the physical space, there are very few opportunities left. It's all digital. Yeah, it's a monopoly. Like, sure, there's a couple of mo- house mom and pop sh- shops left here and there, but there's no way they can compete with the WalMarts or the Amazons or really any huge company like that. No, not anymore. No, and really, and there are largest employers anyways, so they'd be bearing most of this cost of a new wage increase. Yeah, I completely agree. The, their arguments are just completely invalid. Yeah, no, they are. You know, I mean, people say, "Well, I don't want to pay fifteen dollars for a burger," and it's like, dude, the way they buy those products is so cheap that that's how come they're able to even offer it to you at that price. Yeah. You know, and so just because you got to pay your workers more. It doesn't mean your your goods are gonna those goods are gonna go up. That's not that's not how it works. And if it goes up, it's gonna be so small, you won't even you won't even know. It'll it'll just be there, you know. And even if they do try to shift the cost to the consumer, just don't buy from them. Buy from the person that didn't shift the cost. Cost shifting will always occur, but when you have the money now to do it, then. You're, it shouldn't really matter, you know. You should be like, all right, well, I got fifteen dollars an hour now instead of seven twenty-five or whatever it is. Because um, people are going to just use their money to buy things. Should that's why that's why we see a huge flux of high purchases around tax time. <laughs> tax. Yeah, people, people come in and buy up everything that they've been waiting all year to get, you know, because they got that money back. But imagine and if I that happened taxes- all the time. What, what, are you uh, Andrew Yanger or however? No, I don't him? like that guy. <laughs> I can't stand Yang, the Yang Gang. Yang Gang. The Yang Gang. No, I'm no Yang Gang fan. No Yang Gang fan. I mean, I get his concepts and it sounds really good. Um, and and his some of his concepts have been borne out to be true because there's some places that do give out that. What is it called? The living stipend or whatever it is. His, his universal income. Yeah, UBI. Yeah, universal basic income, right? But then what? That doesn't fix the system, though. You know, putting a thousand dollars in someone's hand a month does not still fix the inequalities in the system. 
you know, it, it doesn't fix the minimum wage problem. It doesn't fit, fix the health disparities. It doesn't fix the, the whole idea of, of health insurance companies making billions of dollars and coming in the way of you making a health choice, you know, that doesn't fix anything. So imagine you do get that $1,000, but what does that $1,000 go to? All of your prescription you know what I mean? What is it fixed? A good time in Vegas. A good one, 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 <laughs> one good week in Vegas. One good, one good night in Vegas with the cheap hooker and some, you know, shit, shitty ass blow. So what are you gonna do? You know. I'm so. not saying I like his policies either. In fact, I think a universal income is kind of silly, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people just, well, for the most part, that money was already theirs in a sense. They're just taxing them less. To the point where they have a thousand more dollars in their paycheck, where they otherwise wouldn't have. So it's not like they're getting any new money. It's just the government's just not taxing as much as they would have normally. So. Yeah, they're still gonna get taxed. It still, it still goes somewhere. You oh, know what I, I mean? I, I'm not saying it won't be taxed. I'm just saying that it's not like this money's like the government giving to you out of their like goodwill. I mean, it was always your money. You're yeah. Just, they're just giving it back you're to just, you. You're just getting your tax money back. Yeah. Is, is all you're doing. So let's say you're just, you're, cause, because they could also just raise the old, their overall tax rate, you know? that year and say, well, how are we going to pay for this? Well, it's the most stupidest question they've ever asked us how we're going to pay for this, but that's how <laughs> they would come up with it. Right. So, which, which brings me to this point though, when, whenever you hear, okay, whenever you hear someone says, someone say, how are we going to pay for this? Alan Greenspan, the man himself who came up with the idea of um, the, how the economy works that all of these Republicans latch onto since Reagan, okay? He, at the very end of, of his life career, said he was dead wrong on how he portrayed the market, right? This, this top-down market where all the boats rise on the same tide type of thing. And, um, and one of his famous lines... Uh, that he came that when he was being questioned by um, then Congressman Paul Ryan before he was Speaker of the House, and he was on to talk about how how they should privatize Social Security, mm. and um, one of the best answers he ever came because uh, um, they asked him well, how are we going to pay for this. Alan Greenspan said, uh, "Alan Greenspan said, there is nothing that is stopping Congress from just printing money." And giving it to one person. Nothing. They can do that right now if they wanted to. There's nothing to stop them. There's no rule or law or policy that says you can't do it. We just do it. That's simple. And it blew Congress, it blew Paul Ryan's mind so much that he didn't know how to respond back. So he just kind of went with his questions. But it got so dead quiet in that room that nothing, like, just it was like, yeah, duh. That's how we do it now. You know, we don't ask that question for military. We don't ask that question for all these other things. But yet we always ask this question when it comes to helping poor people. How are we going to pay for it? Print out money. I mean, the American economy is the strongest economy. One of the strongest economies in the world. We have literally the highest um, gross domestic uh, product, the GDP in the world. (laughs) If we can't pay for something, who can? I mean, Canada has universal health care. And they're yeah. not even close to us in the 
in terms of our GDP. No. Um, there, there's like this new modern economic theory that um, uh, Sanders' campaign kind of runs off of, and I can't remember who which podcast I was listening to. I think it was, I think it was the Intercept or it was uh, Citations Needed. One of those two. Shout out mm-hmm. to both those guys, um, <laughs> where they had on an actual economist. Um, doctorate who she that's what she was on the she was on Sanders campaign talking about that um, new econ, economic model theory that was out and and that's what she, I think that's one of the things that she she brought out was like the debt doesn't matter because uh, you can just print out money people buy up our bonds and their stocks all the time even when we're in a downturn like uh, when the 2008 crash happened um the um, treasury bond was the most mm-hmm. purchased bond um, out of everything <laughs> in that market that year mm-hmm. when the market crashed. No joke. Why? Because they knew that we would pay, that we would just be able to print out money and pay. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to really come col- collecting the money. No. Or like by force is what I mean to say. Because they need us. And once uh, someone declares war on us, we're just going to erase all that debt instantly. Yeah, when the aliens start coming down from space. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think the last of the, like, real world wars ended with, with, like, America's massive debt to another foreign superpower, namely China. You think so? Yeah. No, if there's any conflicts, it's going to be small and localized. Yeah, I don't think it would be as big. Or by, like, um, small, like, militant groups, namely ISIS or other terrorist organizations. Supposed terrorist organizations. Supposed one man's One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, I, 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 I could see where you're, I could see what you're saying about, like, uh, how, you know, because the the economies are so intertwined, like you don't want that mishap, right? You don't want that negative cash flow of money or exchange of goods over a skirmish, right? Oh yeah. You know why? Why would you want to do that? And you're right. The world's more inter- interconnected now than it was in World War Two and World War One. You know. People are like, no, let's not do that. Let's not nuke each other. How about that? No, no, we just fight with our wallets with subpoenas. Yeah, and, well, and embargoes. yeah, no, and then yeah, we do. So, yeah, embargoes, and we do, um, we do tariffs. Um, um, tariffs uh, you know, economic sanctions. You know, which is the same thing as war. You know, destroy another country's economic. Uh, livelihood. I, I, my, my opinion is that that's exactly like going to war. Imagine, you know, someone stopped you from going to work, and you knew this person was always stopping you going to work. Would you not? Be, would you not consider that like a threat of violence? Oh, definitely. <laughs> right? You're like, you're like fucking with my livelihood here. Why? You know that? Hell yeah, I would fucking go blow up your your car or something if you did that to me. You know. And you did it to a point where, like, I'm starving or I'm missing meals now or I'm not getting medicine. Hell yeah. I'd fucking do it. Why no, not? It's the okay war, war now. <laughs> yeah. People aren't dying, at least on camera anymore. 
No. It's it's um death by a thousand cuts. You know? It's not so much the devastating blow that's gonna knock you out, it's the all the little blows that finally get you. And I mean I would be more fine with them if they actually hurt the people they were supposed to be hurting, people in the government, but those are they have money. The people who are actually being hurt are the small people, the farmers, yeah. the producers. They're the ones that end up starving and having to basically just leave their homes because they have nothing there for them. Yeah. All because the their politicians did something that someone else didn't approve of. Yeah. Exactly. Right? But it's the it's it's the common guy that always gets hurt. Always. Always. So let's see, um Hong Kong. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so so, give me your take of Hong Kong before I give you mine because I've I've heard, I've listened to the Moderate Rebels podcast, and they have two part series on this on Hong Kong's um, history and the protest and why they're anti China and then what's kind of going on back and forth um, with a guy named um, Carl Ja. And uh, he it was he also has his own podcast called the Silk and Steel uh, Silk and Steel, and so I listened to both those episodes, and so that's my understanding of Hong Kong. So let's go hear your take first. Well, I first got exposed to the Hong Kong protest uh, when I heard about them protesting and well against the the China. The Chinese government that's trying to be instilled there. Um, but I first heard about it through, a, funny enough, a, vi- a video game tournament. Uh, there's this pro player from Hong Kong who, during his victory speech, said, uh, Free Hong Kong and Blizzard, an American company, stripped him of his winnings, banned him from playing in any tournament for six months, and then fired every single... Um, interviewer there just because of his what he said and I thought that was really funny how an American company would be so willing to basically censor another person for which it seems like the big China bucks and then I started looking more into it and I saw the plight of the you know people from Hong Kong how they were originally a British territory that was transferred over back to China yeah administrative rule Mm-hmm. And how they, you know, were given certain rights. They all, they had a bill of rights, right? Like a charter. Yeah, a charter. <laughs> yeah, you know things you things you can do. Yeah, yeah, you know, and just keep I, making me money, bitch, is what it, what it basically <laughs> said. You know. Well, at least it afforded the people of Hong Kong some basic rights, which China isn't really respecting anymore. Which would be fine if the people of Hong Kong submitted to their rule willingly, which is obviously not the case. Yeah. I mean, Hong Kong's full of young people. <laughs> There's, you know, they're, they're probably one of the, well, almost all over the world is a lot of young people. And they're like, hey, what do I want to do this for, you know? I, I also feel like they're kind of in a conundrum because a lot of the growth that Hong Kong has seen is, you know, because that's what they were 
meant to do was make money. And so they see the, the money that's being made, right? But they don't want to have to deal with China and, and their and their rule of law and everything else. So it's, I don't know. I always kind of get this feel of like, you, we really don't know what it is that they really want, you From know. Protesters. Yeah, because oh, you know, on one half, you one half you're seeing, oh, we're holding up the American flag, and and um, and and then there's you're singing the national anthem better than some of the people that even live here know how to do, <laughs> and then on the other hand, they're like fighting police, you know. And uh, I saw a picture of a protest of a in in parentheses a protester um, shooting a smoke bomb into a crowd, but had a Glock um, tucked into his side, a police issued Glock tucked into his side. And I was like, okay, so there's definitely, you know, there's nefarious acts going on with CIA, you know, shit type of stuff going on. Well, I'm just really wondering like, what is, what's Hong Kong expecting out of this? Like, is China just going to let go? We both know China's not going to just let go, but if we could entertain that, what, what would they do? Become their own city state? (laughs) Yeah. And who's going to protect them? Because does Hong Kong have their own military? Or do they rely on China? Well, I mean, they're getting some training now. Who knows? Maybe a militia. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that weird conundrum. They're like, they're money makers. That's why they're there and they make money. Mm-hmm. And everybody has had this standard of living now, you know? Um, I don't know. Do they really want to be... But see, they're seeing, but see, here's, remember, here's the thing, though, like Hong Kong's um, uh, protests and the media are seen as they're fighting China and they're, you know, trying to bring democracy and, you know what I mean? Um, Welcome back, everybody, to the Uppy and Stash Show. I hope you enjoyed that little ditty that we picked out for you. Uh, again, we have our guest, uh, Glory Hole Joe, here today. Um, and we left off on China. Um, if you've ever been to China, you know there's Glory Holes there. And, <laughs> and Glory Hole Joe knows a lot about China. Um, and we were talking about uh, China's uh, involvement in Hong Kong and Hong Kong wanting to stand up on their own. But uh, Joe wanted to bring a, a point about uh, China's censorship and, and Americans' um, companies playing a role in that. What's what's the deal with that, Joe? I mean, it's pretty wild to think that a foreign power can exert so much pressure to a company that they're willing to censor someone. And when they're, like, supposed, like, customer base. We're going to have to edit this. I'm rambling. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. It just seems really silly that the Chinese government can basically censor American citizens because they don't want to miss out on that market. Like... We have certain protections here, which really only apply to the government, but speaking your mind should be something protected not only by the government or even other people. It should be companies' utmost duty to give people a platform to speak, especially if it's for a good, which you can say that, you know, protesting in Hong Kong isn't necessarily an obvious good, but people 
giving people the chance to decide for themselves what they want and their own destinies it should just be a basic right for everyone, no matter where you are. Yeah. And, you know, like with Facebook saying that they're going to censor or they're going to, you know, allow these censors to happen so that they can use their platform. It makes me laugh because, like, they won't even censor freaking <laughs> politicians who call out for outright war and genocide, you know. Or, or just say straight up lies. Yeah. And, like, you know, people people get banned, like, on Twitter and Facebook for, like, not banned, but I would call it Twitter jail or Facebook jail for, like, far less, you know. They've they've called people out on their transphobia or their genocidal uh, ideas or whatever, or calling them white Nazis, and I've seen them get you know get get that, but then you know freaking people can go you know politicians can go on and say we'll nuke the hell out of a certain company <laughs> you know, at a certain country and it all be okay you know so I don't know it makes me I don't know it, it just shows a double standard I guess oh of course. And uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, I'm not a huge video game person anymore. I used to be, but like, there's this, like I said, company Blizzard, and one of their core tenants is being. Res- they're a super, like, you can't see them, but I'm doing air quotes, woke company. Yeah. They're all for trans rights, gay and lesbian, like, representation, but the second China says no to free speech, they're just, like, banning people left and right. <laughs> it just yeah. seems. It's like, people have been saying it forever, companies will only want your money, and if they have to raise a rainbow flag to do it, you bet your ass they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we live in. We live in a capitalistic world. We can be as super woke as possible, but we got to make that money. And so people will sell out to get whatever they, wherever and whatever they need to get, you know? It's sad. Sad world we live in. But hey, where we make money, we do the same. Or how we make money, I should say, we do the same. (laughs) You know, we don't discriminate. (laughs) You just come on in with those nuts. I'm not gay, but $5 is $5. Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's one gallon of gas in California, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my my car gets 26 miles to the gallon, so that'll get me 26 miles, all right? I drive so. a super old Cadillac with engine problems. I get, like, two miles a gallon. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to be pushing you pretty soon. <laughs> get you really a running funny. start. Um, <laughs> I, me and my friends make a joke um, that we're going to move to a different state, and then we're just going to dominate it because they haven't lived in the doggy dog world of california <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> we're gonna move some like small hit town somewhere and be like i know how to run this shit i lived in california i've done this before it's nothing it's really new funny like all every other like state probably thinks we're a bunch of surfer bros who haven't like done a day of hard work in our life but there's so many people here if you're not like slitting throats yours is getting slashed yeah yeah, um, well, we've we have interacted with people on our show that think that we um, we have uh, podcast brothers out in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, shout out to uh, Idiotville, uh, and you know, and we we talk to them, and we know from them as well that people think of California as some um, liberal left state, backwards, and you know, hippie tree hugging. <laughs> type of shit yeah oh yeah man they 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 
they they know that they, people just view us just far different. And when I've gone to like places like Colorado and Minnesota, no, Montana and North Carolina, they were like, what's wrong with you people? And I say, what do you mean what's wrong with this? And, and they would tell me what, what they heard on the news. And I would say, Man, don't fucking listen to everything you hear. You know, like it's not that true. That reminds me. Um, there's this uh, um, gay porn star I follow. His name is Van Darkholm. Really great, mm-hmm. boy, by the way. A true master of his craft. <laughs> he <laughs> recently moved to the Midwest. And he moved to a small little quaint town. Didn't say it for obvious reasons. But he, he's obviously really gay. And it's like such a big part of his life that if you saw him, you'd instantly know. But he wasn't discriminated even in the slightest. And yeah. it, it, it just goes to show that you, if you want to know the people, you got to go meet them. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's um that's odd you know we always think that we move into certain places and people are gonna discriminate against us well there's some places that you just don't want to move to so yeah, yeah. like uh pittsburgh or fresno yeah, yeah just <laughs> yeah fresno yeah <laughs> and then and then you find out you end up going to other places and you're like you know what they're not it's it's not what what they believe in or it's not what they do, but it's like the news. It's like Fox News makes us think a certain way, and our MSNBC makes us think a certain way, you know. And it's it's not true, you know. Just just not Maybe, that way. Even if it is true, they're painting us such a big brush. They're making the whole state seem like a hotbed of something it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, there are places like in Oregon that are having their issues with white supremacy and um, Yucaipa, uh, California has its issues with uh, white supremacy and um, where else where was another one that I heard uh, Florida um, and uh, has its issues with white supremacy, you know, Birmingham, I Alabama. never really so. understood the arguments for like ethnocentric anything really. Like, especially if you're a capitalist, you should be using the person or thing that's most useful to you, no matter what color they are. It's just so silly. It is It is silly to think about because um, even, even then, living in the capitalist society, they're still no better than the other person because they're still being used by the system. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely agree that a lot of like racism and like bigotry perpetuated today is by major corporations mm-hmm. that are using as a scapegoat to either oppress a, a certain group of people or to think a certain people is better than the other. Thus, you know, creating infighting. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole idea of um, of the South getting the very, very core, uh, poor people who they wouldn't hire to do the work to defend the economic system that they're benefiting from to fight for that system because they're saying that these people want to change their way of life of being Southerners. You know, like, like I, I don't, I don't get the, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, some, sometimes I want to go back in time and, and be in that moment and go, do you all not see what they're doing? You know, like <laughs> you're, you're fucking poor, right? You know, you're poor. You live in a very poor state of the United States then. 
Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a job. The jobs that could be available to you are taken up by free labor, by slaves. Which you can't afford. Which you can't afford yourself. And you're mad because these people are taking up the jobs that you can do, but you're not mad at the people that are hiring, not even hiring them, that are enslaving them. And then, and then the war comes, the war, right? Supposed war mm-hmm. comes, and they're telling you, hey, we're rich and powerful. We need to protect our way of life. Well, whose fucking way of life are you wanting to protect? Yeah, well, who, whose way of life are you dying for? Not your own. You're yeah. Poor if they, the slaves are free or not. Right, you know, and then it's it's like it's like the classic line from that that Jonestown uh, movie with Matthew McConaughey, where um, the the that um, this the former slave walks up to the feast of the pig, and he goes and he tries to eat it, and uh, and the guy tells him, "Hey, this this ain't this ain't for your kind," and we you know calls him the N word, and the guy tells him, "Well, well, well how you ain't, you know." And uh, and he didn't understand it, and um, Matthew McConaughey's character had to come over, and he's just saying, "Well, how 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 aren't you any different from him? You know, you're still working for nothing. You know, you're <laughs> fighting their war, and so it's it's that same concept. You're 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 still you're still out there doing exactly what they want you to do, and and here's here's the here's like the most fucked up part of the whole thing, okay, is. The, the daughters of the Confederate soldiers or da- daughters of the Confederate, whatever it's called. I can't remember the full name of it. Um, you think from that name, you would think, oh, these were like the daughters of the Confederate soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they would coming out and they wanted to, uh, you know, hold the memory of their, their brothers and their fathers and everything, you know, that was dear to them to say, hey, look, you know, we, we fought this war. But let's not forget these other people that died because they were in parentheses Americans, too. Mm-hmm. Those in those women, the they were all from the rich plantation owners, <laughs> daughters, right, and granddaughters that came in and said, "Yeah, let's start this new organization called you know Daughters of Confederate Soldiers, or whatever." And their whole idea was to keep the the idea of the war alive, um, and so that they can have these fucking statues because these statues were not risen, you know, not built in memoriam. Right after the right after the Civil War, this was like years later. You know, so not even the daughters of people that died. Yeah, <laughs> of the rich people. Mm-hmm. You know, these were the daughters of the rich people. Very well educated. Um, you know, knew how to read and write. Uh, went to prep schools, and so you know they knew what they were doing. You know, at the time, education level down there wasn't that high. So imagine you're like. You know what the what the fuck? So, so when 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 people get all mad and say hey, they're tearing down our history and stuff, like bitch, this this freaking statue wasn't even like risen to its place <laughs> for like a hundred years after the fucking fact. War, yeah. Right, eighteen sixty, and all of a sudden here we are in nineteen forty or nineteen thirty or whatever it was. So not even hundred, but what do you know? What do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, it's already in the nineteen hundreds. Public, especially like public features of history, like statues and all that, don't really deserve a place if they represent something hateful. Yeah. Like, if you want to have your Confederate flag on your car, you're going to look like a hick, but I mean, it's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you you can't do that. No. But if I don't want a statue of like a plantation owner in a city, what purpose does that serve other than reminding people that there's shitty people back then? Right. Someone inspiring. 
right? The writing's on the wall when you walk around with the flag like that, you know? It's like, it's there. You know, what are you, what are you saying? What, what, what are you portraying or what are you trying to say, you know? When you do stuff like that. It's, it's the idea of you have the right to your First Amendment, but you don't have immunity from your choices, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if people don't want to interact with you, that's their choice. They, they don't want to hire you because you have a fucking Confederate flag on the back of your truck. Which reminds me, did you hear, um, it's, it's legal to discriminate against homosexuals. Where? Anywhere? Anywhere. The way the, like, um, sexual, like, well, you can't discriminate against sex, you can't discriminate against age or religion, but you, there's nothing in the law that says you can't discriminate someone from, because they're gay, hiring-wise. <clears throat> hiring and firing-wise. Interesting. Yeah, I was just heard about it on the news a couple days ago. They're saying uh, it's it's up to the Supreme Court right now, and they're trying to see maybe if how they're going to read the law. And I think it's really interesting because it it most of, two of those I think are Trump appointees in the Supreme Court. Yeah, this is why the courts matter. I think but, any position that's a lifetime position is. Uh, a little sketchy. Like I understand why they're there for life, so they can't they can make their decisions impartial without fear of being reelected. That was the idea, right? That was the idea of it. But do you think that idea still now holds true? I do think you think we should have after after knowing now what we know? Do you think that idea should still hold true? I think when um, presidents started using it as like a political tool is when it was perverted to basically unsalvageable like state I mean you can't fix it now you can't go back and say oh we'll be impartial with all our new picks from now on it's poison the well in a sense yeah I I think they they should either mm, it's just kind of hard to like appoint someone that will decide like the statue of the the law, basically, and say you can only be here for like eight years. How 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 long enough of a term is enough for them to make a difference? But how short does it be so they can't cause irreparable harm in a lifetime? Ten years. Ten years. Every five years, everything changes. Yeah, I'd say ten. Because I would say with the president. Every four four years. It, well. If the president gets a second term, they stay. But my only problem with that is that we're going to have so much upheaval in our legal system every yeah. presidential election. It's going to be crazy. But no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think that we should, we should have term limits. Period. I, just automatically. We, we need it. With Congress, with the Senate... With if those who make sit it a on the political court, political office, then it has to be go- like doled out as a political office and thus be voted for, or at least given a term. Yeah, I and I think with term limits too, you're you're going to get away from this idea of finality as well, because the the judicial system believes in this idea of finality, and that's like 
oftentimes they don't want to go back and look at things, you know, in public policy and public mm-hmm. administration, you tend to hear that quite a bit about, about the finality issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a lot for the judicial system to look back at it again and say, did that court ruling was that um, made an error? You know, were they not correct? Did, did have times changed? Well, has there has there been legislation has been passed? Because although we do believe in the courts, the courts are not the end all be all. If we have Congress that's supposed to do their job, we don't <laughs> need the courts to re- interpret interpret it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. They can just simply pass more clear laws. Yeah, simple, right? That should the way that's the way it should be. You think, but it's not because we're fucked up society. This is why alcohol makes such great money. Uh, the industry of alcohol just makes such great money. Yeah. That's why People I also just... make great money, too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were an alcohol whore all this time. This entire time. That's funny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, um, I, I kind of want to, like, uh, create, like, one of those sim worlds where everybody's on a term limit, even the main <laughs> characters. Like, you just die. They don't exist uh, anymore, you know? You might like Crusader Kings, then. That's basically the game. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not much of a game player, but maybe well, I'll create just, a game from That's literally what that game is. Like, when you die, your uh, heir takes your uh, place, and you play as him. Really? It's is really it? funny. Mm. It's funny because like if you don't set up your policy right, you have like six different heirs and they all go to war with each other. And... Sounds like the world we live in now. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> realistic. Like uh, I have a friend who plays it a lot, and uh, I would definitely say he's on the spectrum. So yeah, you have to have a lot of time on your hands to like really enjoy the game. So I, I don't recommend it. You're obviously a very busy man. Oh yeah, I'm always. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh... Hard, hard world out there. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of naps. Take a lot of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, any final thoughts for the night? Um, this is what you do for fun. I want to get a new hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Generally, when we had time to prep, uh, I know this was last minute. There's a lot of um, time to talk about what we're going to do ahead of time um, so that people can read and do their research. Oh, I mean, it, so def- This has definitely been fun. I'm not going to lie. This is literally yeah. what I just do with my friends in my living room. There's a lot of things you do with your friends in the living room, and I don't think this is one of them. <laughs> well, we can do two things at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you young, you uh, very young guys are can do a lot of things at once. Um, you're a new yeah. breed, I must you ever say. You hear me sing the national anthems with a pack full of hot dogs in my mouth? Uh, we will get you on on the next show. <laughs> 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 and and that will be the break song in between, uh, you know, in the podcast. So. You know, you'll get that. You'll 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 get that one shot of your <laughs> fifteen seconds of fame. So finally, yeah. <laughs> My parents will be proud. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for coming on and joining us today for Uppy and the Stash Show, minus Uppy. Uh, Glory Hole Joe uh, was kind enough to join us last minute, and I'm thankful. Um, <laughs> Joe and I, Joe and I are actually we we know each other. Um, through means of 
of, of making money. I can't tell you how we make money, but we do. Well, they're uh, actually passing, so it's legal now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's legal. It's legal in three world, three third world countries, uh, and so just not legal here. Well, yeah, it's legal to sell it, not to buy it. Yes. Well, you can leave the money on the table, <laughs> and no one has to take it until somebody leaves because it's not technically playing, right? Or you, you know, you just left your you just left your wallet out. Just make a movie. That that, like you said, you just can't buy it. You could sell it. So, <laughs> anyways, thank you, everybody. Uh, have a great night. Um, and as um, Uppy would say <clears throat> a million times, um, good evening, good night, and so long, or something like that. <laughs> anyways, good night, everybody. Good night. Wake up, the house is on fire, and the gets got in the dryer. Philosophy's a liar when your home is your redstone. Icon is a last chance for hope When there's no such thing as heroes Your faith lies in the ditch And you dug yourself in Let's get some pissing all over Nothing but else to pay When the lights are going down Oh, get paid all the day Middle of all